The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to Talk of the Tune, a Newcastle United podcast. My name is Will, and as usual, I'm joined by my good pals and co-hosts, Hodgie and Gray. Yeah, right, lads? Hello. Hello, how are you doing? Living the absolute fucking dream. How are you? Very good. I'm already annoyed at myself because I got a telling off last week. My mum listened back to the podcast. She was like, God, you really swear a lot. I didn't raise you to be like that. I was like, oh, God almighty. I'm sorry, mum, if you're listening. But yes, I promised to swear less on this podcast, but sometimes it slips out. It's passion, isn't it? That's what we're going to say. Yeah. Pure passion. Full on passion. Pure passion mixed with Tourette's. <laughs> and 50 pence into the swear Are we doing that now? Is that a thing? Yeah, we should do. 50p every time? Every time I swear? No, everybody swears. <laughs> right, okay. I was going to say. As a collective. That's a bit unfair, but I think the waiting will probably be 90% me funding that jar, because uh, I do swear a lot on this. You can afford it though, it's all right. But yeah, this one's for you, ma'am. I'm not going to swear anymore, I promise. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's 50p in a jar, that's fine. Get in. Anyway, let's kick this off. Hodgy, if you could only have one thing from Greg for the rest of your life, what would it be? Uh, porridge. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> it would probably be uh, steak bake, I think. Oh, that's a good shout. Gray, straight to you. It's got to be a sausage roll. Has to be. They're two very good shouts, and they're both in my top three. Oh, you're going to go mince pie, aren't you? Because you're, oh, I love mince pies. Is that correct? I'm going to try my best not to swear at you. <laughs> so if there are lots of pauses from now on, that's just going to be insert swear word here previously. I'd forgotten about savoury mince pies, I've got to be honest. I'd probably have to go for a sausage bean and cheese melt, though. They oh. are the OGs. Okay. The OGs? Yeah. The sausage roll is the OG. Well, it's not the original. Again, I'm going to try my best not to swear at you, Greg. <laughs> so, Will, you live in London. Is it true you can only get mince pies in the north? Can you get mince pies in London? I've never been able to source a savoury mince pie down south. So yes, I firmly believe that you can only get them in the north. Interesting. You get the little scotch pies in Scotland, don't you? They're mince filled. And then you get obviously the flat ones that are quite big in the, in Newcastle. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Can't wait for Greg to sponsor our podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you may have noticed something different. Hopefully if it's all working, you may have heard an advert at the start of this podcast. Can you believe it? 
We're going up in the world, boys. It's happening. So, yeah, adverts now. We've got some exciting news to share with you. Um, We are now officially, drumroll please, part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Can you believe? What does that mean? Here comes the money. (laughs) (laughs) Had our first ad payment of 34 pence hit the bank account last week, boys. (laughs) 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 The drinks are on us. If we swear more, do we get more money? <laughs> One swear word, and we've used up all of our <laughs> revenue so far. <laughs> Be very careful, okay? <laughs> yes, so we're now officially part of the TalkSport fan network. We'll be sharing more on our social media, but that basically means we're part of a, a wider network of football-based podcasts. Very, very happy to be part of the network and very excited to see what it brings for us. Adverts, baby. Here we go. What do you think about that, Hodge? Excited to be part of the TalkSport fan network? Very, very privileged. It means we can set our sights on merch coming in the next 10 years. Oh. <laughs> Hodge has been so obsessed with merch ever since we started the podcast. <laughs> it's, it's all he wants is T-shirts. <laughs> just wear branded stuff anyway from work, so I just want more branded stuff to fill up my wardrobe. <laughs> yeah, Hodge just hates buying clothes, I think. Your one motivation for starting a podcast, I think, was just the merch before it even busted. started. Yeah. Exciting, exciting. We'll share more as we hear more. Um, but yes, hopefully a few more exciting bits to come. Right, I suppose we better get on to the football now. Conscious we've not recorded for a while. It's been a while since we've put anything out. We, again, as we usually do, have recorded a few podcasts that have never gone to air. But we're back, part of the network now, and hopefully we'll be recording and releasing. That's the important bit, releasing on a more regular basis. So yes, we're back, and what a position to be back in. We are currently third in the Premier League after 20 games. We're past the halfway point, and we find ourselves in a Champions League position. Woohoo! I nearly said, can you effing believe it? But I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) That's shown real growth. I'm happy with myself. Third in the Premiership, we're on 39 points, which is absolutely unbelievable. On an unreal run of unbeaten games, and now with our sights firmly on a cup final at Wembley. Who knew when we started this podcast we'd be talking about such things? I certainly didn't, like. But if we get straight into the results, the most recent one was obviously the first leg semi-final Carabao Cup result away at Southampton. We beat them 1-0. And Gray, we've not heard much from you so far. Do you want to give us your thoughts on the Southampton game? It was eventful, wasn't it? Given it was a a 1-0 last, well, not quite last minute, but last 10-minute goal. It was quite eventful having two goals chalked out for handball, courtesy of VAR, who made a very unwelcome appearance in the semi-finals, which made no sense to me why you would run a competition and not have something at the start yet have it at the end. But hey-ho. But yeah, I thought we played pretty well. Good to see Joe Linton get on the score sheet as well. Well, third time lucky. <laughs> like We're not going to even mention the opportunities we missed. What was really, really good to see was the impact both Isak and ASM had coming off the bench. It's quite exciting to see ASM somehow has managed to be able to pass a ball instead of just dribbling it up a cul-de-sac and not being able to get out. So that was good to see. And then Isak, that little turn and dart down the wing to the byline to square it and put it on a plate with Joe Linton was world-class and so good to see. But yeah, I think it's, it's hard not to get too excited and book my train tickets just yet, but yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm just super nervous about the, the possibility of us getting to Wembley and me living in London not getting a ticket to that game, which I know is a real possibility. It will be devastating. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Gray. 
I think ASM and Isaac coming off the bench totally changed the game and were a very refreshing change that was needed. And I know me, Ali Fraser and Cunny were in the pub really calling for that change quite early. It came quite late, but it definitely gave us enough time, as we've seen, to completely change the complexion of the game, both with the goal, where Isaac was heavily involved and created that and put it on a plate for uh, Joe Linton, but also ASM making those darting runs, loads of successful dribbles, linking up really well with Isaac, and then obviously getting the Southampton player sent off for the second leg. Hodge, I feel like a lot of the players that started the game have obviously been the same players that start the last few games. And for me, it felt like they were very tired and had nothing left in the tank. Do you feel the same way? I mean, what was your interpretation of the game? Yeah, I think overall, I would probably call the performance a 7 out of 10, even though we managed to grind a win out. But I feel the first, especially 20 minutes, babies, was very quick. Both teams were here to kind of set a precedence and we came out the blocks. A lot went through Willock in the first couple of minutes. And you could see by the time it came to about 37, 40 minutes, he was just goosed. And I think we were all putting on kind of our group chat wouldn't be disappointed if we see Willett get pulled after 45 mm. just because he just looked like he had nothing less than his legs really and I think we all said like ASM as a straight replacement for him just to have someone who is probably a bit fresher would be good. Taking the game into context obviously playing a couple of days beforehand in a testing game and then now moving to this and then on to the next one it's great that we've got an FA Cup weekend that we're not involved with mm-hmm. to then rest the players for a full week to get them back to best. And if we beat Southampton 1-0 on a, a 70% performance, then we get a full week of rest. I'm sure we can put in our usual kind of graft and really take it to them at our home ground, which is going to be an exciting watch on the TV, probably for, for most of us. Are you insinuating that the loss away at Sheffield might have been intentional and part of Eddie Howe's master plan? <laughs> I'm not saying it was an intentional thing, but I, I think it's a blessing this guy is that we're out because yeah. the amount of games that you have to play and playing two legs semi final on a Carabao Cup just for me is silly. Like people might be watching that or listening to this now and being like, Yeah, but you've already won the look. Like you would have won and you would have gone through. I said it earlier on when we got to like the kind of quarterfinals and even before that and just been like, There's too many games. Like I get why Klopp bangs on about it, but it is true. Like there's no need for an extra leg. Why all of a sudden have an extra leg? No, I totally agree. But looking forward, I think we can boost on our, like I say, seventy percent performance after having a week's break, so I'm confident of the next game yeah I feel like we could have put the game to bed quite considerably again oh, yeah. Joe Linton's missed an open goal Joe Linton unfortunately had one chalked out as Gray said for handball that just seemed to be a phantom handball but the moral of the story is we scraped through we got the win and it sets us up very nicely for Tuesday evening at St James's Park Gray if you had to put your money where your mouth is do you think we're off to Wembley yeah. Ooh, okay. <laughs> we do have the best goalkeeper in the world. Well, he's kept, was it seven clean sheets in a row? I shouldn't have put the topics of conversation in the WhatsApp chat before this because I can tell Gray's just <laughs> sat there absolutely trying his best to find the best possible segues to move us on to the next topic of conversation. <laughs> Is it not working? I mean, it's a very good segue again. I've got to give you credit on that one, Gray. Nick Pope. Obviously, he's been nominated for Save of the Month for his Wonder Save against Crystal Palace a few games ago. Do we think, based on that run and based on that seven clean sheets, and I think it's over 900 minutes with a clean sheet, should he be considered as one of the best goalkeepers in the world? Discuss, Hodgie. Um, for sure, I think... I can't believe there is an, a pause. Well, no, just because I was thinking about, like, especially when we were first kind of rumoured to be interested in Pope, 
we were all like quality keeper. Like, yes, he is class. Because he was keeping Burnley single-handedly in the league by, uh, yes, he was conceding goals, but he was making still most saves. He had a shit defence in front of him, didn't he? Yeah, and I think he's been just as important as Trippier in what he's brought to the team. He's been class. Like, he gets maybe 70 minutes of not seeing any action and he gets one chance and he makes it every time or gets a hand to it at least every time. And it's it's fantastic to see that there's just pure concentration on the lad's face whenever he steps in and goes for us. I mean, yeah, you've touched on it there. And I think Popey touched on it in one of his post-match interviews. You train for those moments and it's all about keeping that concentration. And you can tell that the lad just stays absolutely laser-focused the entire game. Again, he's got a brilliant defence in front of him. He's got the best defence in the league in Cher, Botman, Byrne. Never thought I'd be saying that. And Kieran Trippier, when it comes down to you, you've got to take that responsibility and you've got to keep us in the game. Gray, what are your thoughts? I mean, too right that he should be up for save of the month for that save against Mateta at Palace, right? Yeah, I mean, it was a bullet from 16 yards, not even 16 yards out, was it? About 12 yards out. About the penalty spot. spot, wasn't it? Yeah. That game should have been dead and buried, but a save is as big as a match-winning goal. I don't know. I just love his composure. He just never seems stressed about anything. And I think that just floods through the rest of the team. If he's super chill, as he always is, then I think it brings the best out of our defence and then going up the pitch. And I think it's just so good to see. Fortunately, he's not had to make too many saves, but the saves he makes are world-class. And yeah, we're so lucky to have him. And he's probably one of our, if not the best signing. I know Trippier is a world-class player, but Pope is certainly earning his 10 million or however much he paid for Yeah, him. well, that's the one thing. Everyone, the go-to and the easy go-to for every single person that's not a Newcastle United fan is, well, you've spent loads of money. You've bought your way to where you are. You've pretty much invested shitloads of money into the club. Forgetting that Chelsea has spent nearly half a billion quid and, <laughs> you know, a, a middle of the table. You get started on Man United. Man United as well. Look at all these net spends. We won't get into that because we could spend a whole podcast talking about that, but it's the absolute epitome of sensible investment in the squad in places that are important. I remember us sitting here at the beginning of the season kind of saying, oh, is it going to be Dubravka or is it going to be Pope? Seems a bit harsh on Dubravka. I mean, trust in the system. We've made some excellent signings, as well as complementing the squad with some absolutely world-class players and some upcoming talent like Sven Botman. Just going back to that podcast earlier on in the season, which one of us said that Nick Pope would be starting? Can't remember. Don't think that one got released, mate, did it? Uh, that's convenient, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Uh, <laughs> moving on very swiftly. One thing, though, it's all good keeping clean sheets. And that's one thing, obviously, our back five have been very good at this season. But, Hodgie, are you concerned at all that in the last four league games, we've only scored one goal? And is that one goal against Fulham in the game before the Palace game? Do we need to be concerned about our attacking output? Probably a little bit. If we're going to look to take this season and go, okay, next season's going to have to be better or we're looking to be better next season, then yeah, I think so. Currently, we're doing kind of a Leicester job. What they did when they won the league, it was not conceding many, but not also scoring too many. So if we can be consistent in that front. Well, you had Vardy banging in goals for Leicester, didn't you? But we've only really had one or two goal scorers, but then Leicester at the same time only had Vardy. So we've had Miggy knocking in goals and we've had Wilson chipping in every now and again, but... We haven't had another strike or another person who can come on and do that. Sorry to say with Chris Wood, like he, he came in, he did a job that he had to do, but didn't really return on, on what we thought he was going to do. So in that respect, yeah, we are light because we've just let him go on loan to Forest as well. So 
I would like to see someone who's going to be able to provide some goals coming in, John, but I just don't know if they're going to do it. It's a slight worry right now, towards the end of the season, where we're going to have to rely on players' form like later on when we've got some tough games just to really enforce all. Like We need to have a European push, potentially, at some point, because Man U coming through, Spurs might start picking up points and we might drop a little bit. So it's interesting to see how it might pan out or what the bigger plan is, but I think some sort of European football would be good. I don't necessarily see it's going to be Champions League, but it's going to be something that we're going to have to fix, hopefully, by the end of the window, which is not long from now or at least in the first week of summer. Yeah, again, a couple of great points there. We look at our current squad. I think my feeling is there's definitely some recruitment needed to get us over the line if we want to push for that Champions League spot. But do you think there are smaller tweaks in the starting eleven and in that starting team that could provide more goals? Obviously, the major point of difference was Isaac and ASM coming on against Southampton for a next game against West Ham in the league or for certainly the next game against Southampton in the next round of the semi-final, would you like to see ASM and Isaac start based on that cameo appearance, Gray? Yes and no, I think. Right, great. We've obviously had a very consistent team and I think that has shown on Tuesday night that actually players are getting a little bit tired. And it would be nice to have that strength and depth, which I think we are probably missing a little bit. But then this is a settled team. We're winning. Well, we're not losing. So why kind of change it? We want to be playing our strongest team as often as possible. And I've got no issues with that. My biggest concern would be Wilson. I think he's really struggled since the World Cup. And I think there's a lot being said about it due to illness and little niggles and things like that. But it would be good to see probably Isaac get a start. He's a completely different type of player. He likes to play between the lines a little bit more and drift out wide where Wilson likes to run off his shoulder and be more physical. So it'd be a good chance to mix it up. And Isaac was thrown straight in at the deep end and unfortunately got injured pretty soon after that mm-hmm. wonder show at Liverpool. So it'd actually be really good to get him in the team. And actually trying to get him and Wilson into the same side, it'll be interesting. Well, yeah, you say that obviously the Isaac and Wilson link up led to the goal against Fulham that ultimately won us the game. So the 4-4-2 or the two strikers up front is a missing art in football, but, you know, needs must. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participate in restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Eddie made the changes and it got us over the line, as he did against Southampton, but you don't really want to be relying on that. I think certainly agree with Gray. There's some changes you can make to the starting eleven and the squad to get more out of them, rest some legs, rotate a bit more. Miggy obviously hasn't scored in a few games after that fantastic start he had to the season. You just know, knowing our look, that he's going to stay on nine goals for the rest of the season and Hodgie doesn't have to get that flipping shirt. 
that'll be just Hodgie's look. <laughs> but Hodgie, I mean, recruitment up front-wise has been a couple of names mentioned, but with Wood leaving, going on loan to Forest, it doesn't look like we'll see him again, as Grace said. Leaves us very light in attacking options. Do you think we'll strengthen up front in this window? There's talk of Anthony Gordon from Everton, but it just doesn't sit right with me, that one. And I don't see how we're going to squeeze goals out of him, neither. Why doesn't it sit right with you? Because obviously this has been a big topic of conversation on like NUFC, Twitter and amongst Newcastle fans. Well, quite a lot of people are looking into the, you know, when he squared up the Shaw and it was like, oh, there's bad blah, 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 blah. Like, I think he's probably professional enough to be like, put that behind him and it's not going to be an issue. I, I yeah. don't think at all. I just just don't see him being like good enough. I think he's athletically fit enough and kind of good enough in terms of, yes, he's going to work with Eddie's kind of pressing kind of mm. ways of the game. I just don't think his final product is fully there. Basically, just in a gut feeling, I just don't think he's going to be the right answer for us. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, you've touched on it there. There's, I think a lot of people are getting hung up on you know his attitude, and it's something you really need to take into account. You don't want egos, and you don't want people that think they're going to be bigger than the team in the squad. I mean, he's not trained for the last two days for his boyhood club. First of all, I don't agree that that's the way to, to force a move. I don't think that's a good reflection of your character, really. We don't want egos in our squad. You don't want to tip that balance. Long gone are the days of having those egos and those disruptive characters in our squad, I think. But I think you've touched on one thing that's really important. For me, I kind of view him as a bit of a blank canvas. I think he's got all the tools. Like His dribbles are great. His pressing in the final third is great. All this stuff that we need. His take-ons are good. He runs, he sprints all the kind of tools that Eddie Howe needs to get some good performances out of a player. We are light in the wing positions, I think. If Miggy or ASM were to get injured, we're left with Murphy and Fraser, and Fraser looks like he's out the door as well. Some question marks around the 40 million quid mark, but he's a young English player. Can't forget he's only 21 years old. I think he personally would add something to the squad, and I think there's enough there for Eddie to work with. If Eddie rates him and the hierarchy rates him, Again, based on what they've done previously, you surely just have to trust in the system, don't you, Gray? 100%. I was reading so many comments yesterday about a load of people saying, oh, I don't like his character, I don't like his attitude, things like that. He's been playing in a relatively poor Everton side. Exactly. They're certainly the worst side I've ever seen at St. James's. Soon after the takeover happened, they were awful. And when we played them earlier in the season, I actually thought he looked very, very sharp. I think he's clocked the second highest speed of any player in the Premier League this year, which is quite an interesting mm. fact about him. And he certainly looked dangerous. And he was playing up against Trippier instead of Byrne. And I was saying that they should have swapped it over and it would have been a completely different game mm-hmm. for Everton. He did show promise. Compare him to a player like Miggy. Howe's managed to bring the best out of Miggy. And Gordon is young. He's clearly got a lot of raw talent, which a few of our players have. You look at Maxi, you look at Miggy. Good technical footballers, and they just need that coaching. And I think at 21, he can be moulded and almost some of that controlled a little bit if he's being managed very, very well. Mm -hmm. It might be a bit of a challenge. If he does well, he might be looking at bigger and better things. But actually, at the minute, there can't be many bigger or better projects out there than what we currently have at Newcastle. So. I'd quite like to see him signed, not for 40 million or 60 million, whatever the figures were being splashed around. I think that's a lot of cash. 
But I think he will bring something to us, maybe not for the rest of this season, but certainly going forwards. And if we are talking about European football, he will be a key component to that in terms of squad depth. And I think he does have the ability to change games yeah, like he did at times last season. I take on board what you've got to say. And obviously, Eddie has managed to, like you say, transform Miggy's persona on the pitch and he's, he's changed him into a different player. And he has, has done with quite a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. Just for January, I don't think Gordon's right. I think potentially if we can bring him in the summer and spend time with him and get him up to speed where we are, I just don't know if he's going to hit the ground running with us. That's my main concern that I didn't probably get across before. Does he need to hit the ground running? I think to increase immediate squad depth in case we get an injury, I think that's a massive point, just getting someone who's probably going to be a bit more up to speed because he's played at the Everton team, what is it, three goals I think he's got in like 16 games with four sub-appearances, which is not too bad in a struggling team, to be fair, but I just want him to be all level now. I don't want anything to upset the balance of what we have right now, if that makes sense. Mm. To cancel that a little bit, we're in a very, very good position to bring in a young player to give him an opportunity to play because mathematically we are safe in the league. I know Madness talking safe in January, which is not like us, but yeah, we've got nothing to lose. Yes, we want to play European football, but like you say, let's be real, we're three years ahead of plan currently, so why not take a little bit of a risk? Yeah, good point. This season, I've been kind of a bit on eggshells in Newcastle. Like, I'm confident, but at the same time, I just feel like there might be a bubble at some point and I might just go, fuck. Like, I just don't know. I'm, I'm... Oh, swear word. <laughs> it's just a, it's just a really <laughs> precious thing that we've got right now. And it's like, Newcastle are doing great. We haven't had it for so long. And I just don't want anything to come in and upset the balance of what we have. And then look to then really solidify kind of next year by making some quality summer signings early get them into training early, get them into the kind of the group and, and get them going. I don't, I don't know. That's, that's a kind of just like how I'm thinking of it anyway, really. I wish you two would just shag already and get it over <laughs> with. My God. <laughs> for my position where, you know, for what it's worth, I think, yeah, he's a, he's a versatile player. He can operate any of the front three, like a 10. He can go right or left wing. I think he will give us good squad depth, but I kind of agree, Hodge. He's been playing shit football under a different system and a different manager. Any player that comes in will take time to adapt and Eddie has typically eased them in, which I don't think is necessarily what we want really for a January signing. I mean, look at what he did with Isaac. Look at what he did with Bruno. Four or five games for Bruno to even start at a game for us. Trust in the system, but I just hope there are more options. And as we see here on the 26th of Jan with five days left of the Jan transfer market, I've not seen us linked with any out-and-out strikers as it stands. And as Hodge says, with Callum Wilson made of Tic Tacs and Isaac only just coming back from a fairly long-term absence, I think we're a bit fragile up front. That all depends if we're moving to a system where we don't play an out-and-out striker, which I can't really see us doing in the short to medium term. Does that make it all the worse that we've lost someone quite reliable in Chris Wood, Gray? I mean, he's been a good servant to the club. He's played his role, but it was time for him to go, really, wasn't it? And I think we've recouped a, a decent amount of money for him, bearing in mind we brought him in for 25 million quid. Reliable? <laughs> Do we not remember that myth? <laughs> Let me just quantify that in that he's very rarely injured. Like He will put in a shift and he will play the minutes on the pitch. He gives you an option as opposed to getting goals every week. Otyerwise, we wouldn't have let him <laughs> yeah. go on loan. What else do you want from the striker? <laughs> I mean, what, what would you rather have? Would you rather have Chris Wood, a striker, coming off the bench as an option as a striker? Or would you rather have someone shoehorned into the position of striker? 
I think I'd rather have Chris Wood. Yeah, I think so. I think he's going to be a bit of a loss. And it's, it's a shame to see him go. You can understand his reasons. He's clearly third fiddle now and wants to play football. To be fair to him, every time he came on, he ran his socks off. He was always in the right place and he did his job. He he kept us up last year. He meowed at Kurt Zuma. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, Jacob Murphy's clearly been spending too that much time around so him. so good. That way, oh, my word. <laughs> Love that. I think he's going to be missed. And I think just even seeing some of the comments from the players in his, on his Instagram post to say thank you and things like that, he's clearly a, a very well-liked character in the changing room and a different dynamic, but we need a striker. But it's hard to sign a striker when you know you're going to be behind Wilson and Isaac, if fit. Hodge, on that point, does that leave a bit of runway to bring in a young and up-and-coming striker? Like one that's going to develop and maybe chip in and... Like Anthony Gordon. <laughs> well, <laughs> he's summer. not a striker, is he? But does it leave room to bring in a really young lad who's going to maybe chip in with two or three goals but be more of a future project? In the summer, I think, is when we'll see majority of our spend and I feel more... You think we've got enough to go through until the end of the season? Yeah, I think so. I think we could definitely cope. Maybe his winning games might be a bit more out of the equation, but still picking up points to solidify some sort of higher league table position, then I see that as a as a victory. Like I say, Gray, we're three years early ahead of our plan, pretty much. And if we can hold out for the season and then look to convince people in the summer to jump on board of the project and get ingrained earlier than expected, I think is a winner. So mm. if we were going to sign someone now, it would have to be someone of kind of Chris Wood's ilk, just can maybe get a couple more goals, but just someone who's a bit more experienced, know what you're going to get, probably a six-month loan, whatever, end-of-the-season loan type thing, that would probably see Yeah, I don't think a loan's a bad shout, actually. Uh, gives everyone the flexibility, doesn't it? Yeah, it's not a full risk. And then what you can say is if they do end up playing well and they're playing 75% of the games towards the end of the season, then yeah, okay, we'll get them. Put in a clause. Happy to see that. No, I don't think it's a bad shout, actually. Yeah, I think that would be great. The problem is we've just not been fucking linked with anyone, but I oh, <laughs> did it again, damn it. Can you not bring a Qual Grang back from their heart? Yeah. yeah, to be fair, could bring him back. He's not quite ready yet, is he? Seems to have all the tricks, but I think it's a bit of a shock to the system going from the Australian League to the Premier League. He'll be nursed in north of the border and then a lot we'll see what he can do, I guess. Yeah. He made an appearance against Argentina. So True. You know. You've persuaded me, Gray. <laughs> he should be starting every single week. Sold. On outgoing players, that's obviously Chrissy Wood out the door now. Best of luck to him at Forest. Carius, Loris Carius, looks like he's signed on until the rest of the season, which means that the next outgoing player is likely to be a goalkeeper. And that goalkeeper, it looks like, is going to be Carl Darlow. I think the rumour at the minute is that he's going to go to Hull. But as with every single Premier League player that's on the transfer list or whatever, there's also rumours he might go to Nottingham Forest. <laughs> what are our thoughts? Good servant over the years, Hodgie? Yeah, that he's done his job as backup and when he's been forced to be number one, he did step up and put some solid performances in. I can't really complain too much. It's just the consistency that has never really pushed him to the number one position. Yeah, it probably is time to go and him to potentially get solidified as number one as, as a championship club that's potentially going to get back at the Prem. Wish him the best if he does go. It's so easy to be magnanimous now we're kind of sat where we are in the league, isn't it? (laughs) As one of the richest clubs in the world, looking back with fond memories that players were being slagging off like to the absolute hilt uh, a few seasons ago. But now we're in the position we're in, we'd be like, yes, he's been a great servant. I wish him well (laughs) in his next endeavours, yeah. Off you go, Carl. Wish you all the best. But uh, yeah, we've got far too many keepers on the books now. 
Yeah, I think the only area we're missing is really probably a young and up-and-coming goalkeeper. I mean, you've got Pope, he's going to start. You've got Dubravka, the question mark is whether he stays or not. Gillespie is kind of... Why have we still got Gillespie there? I don't, I don't even know. He's a lo- lo- local lad, you know, keeping him employed. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, it probably goes towards the uh, homegrown players, I suppose. That's why he's still here. Uh, right? Don't get a great start on fucking homegrown workers. Ah, I've done it again, man. <laughs> <laughs> How many swear words is this, man? How much money have we raised so far? I think, to be honest, I'm only a pound down. Depends how many get edited in. Uh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> well, that's the thing. The editing is now out of my hands, so I can't do myself any favours. But Hodgie's definitely said about the same as me. So uh, we're nearly at a pint, I think. Expensive. Anyway, right. So that's in goings outgoings. I don't know if we're expecting to see a busy end to the uh, transfer market, but I certainly hope so. And I certainly hope we can give the squad what it needs to get through to the end of the season and get us that Champions League position. Fingers crossed. Can you imagine, man? Top four and a cup. That would be unbelievable. It's the dream. In terms of our current squad, though, I think one last topic just before we wrap up. Dan Burner's obviously been nominated for Player of the Month. First question is going to be, is it deserved? Second question, is there anyone else we think should have been nominated? Gray, I mean, do you think Dan Byrne is a well-deserved Premier League Player of the Month? It's certainly deserved. I think any of our back four and Pope deserve to be nominated. And I think Dan Byrne is he's the epitome of Newcastle United at the minute. He's just, he's loving life. He looks like Miggy when he's on the ball. He's got a massive grin. And to top it off with a goal as well a couple of weeks ago is just is fantastic and great to see. I won't comment on his ability as a left-back, but as a defender, he is he is up there at the moment. I was going to say he's a natural left-back as well, isn't he, Gray? No comment. <laughs> I'd say he's probably the best left-back in our squad. Wouldn't you agree, Hodge? Yeah, 100%, man. Fantastic. <laughs> Can we just talk about that goal as well? I mean, scoring for your boyhood club at the Gallagher with your family in the stands. I mean, Hodge, do you think there's any better feeling than that? Class, wouldn't it? Like, especially the atmosphere that's there at the minute, the roar would have been 125% of what it normally is. It nearly blew my ears out on the tube listening back to it on the Twitter page, like the video, (laughs) all the way throughout. From celebrating the first goal to then Dan Burns' name getting read out as the goal scorer, it sounded absolutely amazing. Yeah, I was absolutely chuffed for the lad. I'm not too sure about those dance moves afterwards, though. <laughs> a few question marks there. I love it. Sorry that Howe's asking him to make a speech and he just got up and danced. <laughs> <laughs> it was good insight into the dressing room, though. I quite enjoyed that. But yeah, absolutely chuff for him. Let's hope he wins. We can keep the awards coming this season, a season that just keeps getting better and better. Let's hope we can carry on that momentum. I think that probably just about does it for this week, unless anyone else has anything to add. <laughs> no, good. In which case, I think it's probably a good time to wrap it on up. Hodgie, I'll get a telling off afterwards because I didn't do the socials up front, but Mm. I might as well just do them now. You can find us on all major podcasting platforms, so Acast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We'd really appreciate it if you could give us a follow. And if you're feeling super generous, a five-star review. You can follow us on Twitter at TOTT Podcast, on Instagram at TOTT underscore podcast or on Facebook by searching for Talk of the Tune podcast. Boom, did it. Really appreciate if you give us a follow and a like. And that pretty much does it for this week. As I say, be prepared for an advert. Feel free to skip all the way through. But that does it for this week. Coming straight at you from Talk of the Tune, the newest member of the TalkSport fan network. It's been an absolute pleasure, gentlemen. And I guess we will see you in the next one. Right, see you later. Bye. Goodbye. Porridge. Oh, me lads, 
It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal a last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.